Alexander with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between tools, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Just give us a call. Our number is 291-6901. Today is a live show. That's correct. So we are opposed to last week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, it was my wife's birthday, so I had to go somewhere and do something else with her. So. Right. <laughs> Could, couldn't be here. So. Just give us a call. It's 291-6901. Be glad to get answer to whatever may be bugging you there you go and you use the area code here in baton rouge which is 225 you mm-hmm. can reach us from anywhere inside the continental united states this morning there you go we sure wish you would we always appreciate hearing from people and hearing their perspectives and hearing their problems getting their questions answered and getting them going again yeah, absolutely i see we got a call already we've got richard online good morning richard yes sir i have a, a little honda i picked up a 98 crv uh-huh. and when you crank it up it's parked you got it in park, the little lights lit up on park, and then it's also lit up on number four. You put it in number four drive, and it's taken off like in yeah. second or third gear. Well, see, that number four is actually kind of like a check engine light for the transmission. In other words, it doesn't have a separate transmission light, so it used okay. the, it's actually the D4 light. They use that, and when that light is lit, it's because there is an electrical problem with the transmission somewhere. Now, it doesn't mean it's in the transmission. It doesn't mean transmission going out. It could be anything from a mouse has gotten in and chewed a wire in a half to a bad connection right. to a bad solenoid in the transmission to, I mean, there's thousands of things. Now, fortunately, when that light comes on, it stores a code. You cannot get to that with an OBD2 scanner or a code reader. A regular code reader. You cannot right. get to it. You, you got to have, have a, a Honda-type tool, go in, retrieve the code. That's not a diagnosis. That just tells you what circuit the problem exists in. For instance, if it says something like brake light circuit not seen, well, then you got to go and diagnose, okay, it's not seeing the brake light switch, so it's not going to shift properly. It may be a speed sensor. It's not seeing a speed sensor. It doesn't know how fast it's going. It could be mm-hmm. one of the solenoids in the transmission is not shifting, or yeah. it doesn't know it's shifting. It could shift perfectly, but if the pressure solenoid doesn't read it, it doesn't know it shifts. Your computer only knows what those sensors tell it. So that's where people go wrong. They read a code and they say, well, that's a diagnosis. Absolutely not. That's just a starting point to tell you what circuit to start checking. But then you Mm got to go in and do the detective work and so on as that. Now, again, when you have that light on, it's not going to shift properly. It's going to maybe take off in second gear, maybe take off in third gear. May just be in limp mode. Maybe in limp mode. Who knows? Without having the information from the transmission control module, you're basically shooting dark. Now, I could tell you 10,000 things it could be. You can run out of money before I tell you about things it could be. You're just going to have <laughs> yeah. to get it in so somebody knows what they're doing, have them run the codes, go from there, probably take an hour to two hours at most to diagnose that problem. Once it's diagnosed, then it's a matter of just making the fix. And sometimes it's very simple. I mean... Sometimes the, the fix is just cheaper than the diagnosis. Right. I mean, it could be a uh, wire. You know, this time of year when it's so hot, we get a lot of rodents that'll crawl yep. up under the hood and they'll gnaw wire in half. That's pretty common. Mm-hmm. It could be something like the manual lever position switch. When you're moving that shifter, you're not moving gear and all that. What you're doing is you're moving a sensor that tells it what gear you're selecting. If it doesn't know that, like if it, one of the gears is not being selected properly and it thinks it's in neutral but it shouldn't be, then, I mean, it's just mm-hmm. on and on and on and on. I could tell you things for the rest of the day about it could be. But it's something in the electrical control circuit on the transmission. Now, the thing is, Richard, it's pretty important to get that checked pretty quick because if you keep driving around, you can go ahead and turn it into a mechanical problem. Let's oh, say I don't drive it. Yeah, I let's say it's taking it. off in second gear. Well, you keep taking off in second gear, you'll burn the clutches up because it yep. ain't made to take off in second gear. So instead of changing a solenoid, which is on a Honda very easy because they're on the outside the case, you turn it into a burn-up transmission. So pretty important to get somebody knows what they're doing. And number one, somebody you trust. Because if yeah. you take it to the wrong guy, he could say anything. 
You know, I mean, like like anything else, you, you got to find somebody trustworthy who's competent, and then go from there. Let him check it, tell you what it is, and then you can make a decision. You know what you want to do with it, but it's not necessarily a big problem. Well, I do appreciate it. I've been listening to y'all's show for years. Well, good deal. And y'all well, give you. a lot of people a lot of help. Well, good deal, Rich. Where are you calling from? Central. Okay, good deal. Well, I've been appreciate. working on cars since 1957. Yeah. <laughs> 12 years old. Yeah, I'm the same way. I started when I was 10, 11 years old. And the problem is almost everything that you know from back then can't help you now. Right. Because it's, it's also different. It's, it's, yeah. It's just well, and, and those cars ain't coming back. So <laughs> all you got they, is, they all is better a, cars now. How many 50s? I got 309,000 on right. my GMC. How mm-hmm. many 57 GMCs yeah. had 309,000. Well, no. we used to overhaul the engines at 60,000 miles. Think nothing of it. Yes, well, it's got 60,000 miles. And you'd overhaul it at 60, and if it made it to 90, it was in the junkyard. You know, that was just yep, the way it was. The carburetors were the biggest problem. Oh, yeah. You were oh, dumping yeah. all that gas. Yeah, you're flooding down the engine, washing down the sun walls constantly. And yep. it just didn't run real efficiently, but but it did run. But it did run. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad they don't make them like they used to. Thanks for your help. <laughs> Thank you, man. Bye bye. Bye bye. Hi, two nine one sixty nine zero one is another going to be part of the automotive hour. We got a few minutes here to catch another call. We got Mark online. Good morning, Mark. Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Doing good great, morning. sir. Okay, I think you guys have said several times that the reason you change oil at three to five thousand miles, depending on usage, is because condensation gets in the engine and contaminates the oil. Is that right? That is one of the reasons. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how is it that transmission fluid can go twenty five thousand miles? It's not exposed to the combustion process. Where most of the moisture and stuff comes from is the extreme heat cool cycle of an engine. For instance, you got ninety five percent humidity out there. Take a piece of metal at room temperature, heat it up, and let it cool off. What's going to happen? It's going to start to sweat, or cool it down. Right. It's going to start to sweat. Right, right, right. And inside of the engine does the same thing. See, engines are subjected at night. That engine block may go down to, in this area, maybe seventy degrees. You crank it up, it goes up to 270 degrees, and then it cools back down, and that just that cycle keeps repeating. Plus, the combustion process inherently makes moisture. You don't have all that in a transmission. The temperatures are in a much narrower range. You do not have combustion occurring, so you don't have the carbon buildup. You don't have all those things. So besides that, like I said, one or two other things, a transmission has probably 12 to 14 quarts of fluid in it, so it can stand more. It also has a much better filter than is normally utilized on an engine, simply because it doesn't have to filter as much stuff, they can use a finer filter. You know, if I put a, most oil filters are 40 micron filters. If I put a 10 micron filter on the engine, it would plug up in about 500 miles and do no good. It's right. going to bypass it. But a transmission, I can right. do that because it doesn't have to filter the same, it doesn't have to contend with the same thing. It's just two different components components yeah. with two different needs. Mainly the lack of combustion and the heat. The yes, sir. Heat that would be the main things. Yes, sir. And it's just the internal workings of a transmission are much cleaner. They're not subjected. In an engine, 3,000 times a minute, that piston is firing, getting driven down the cylinder, changing direction, going back up. So you got a lot of stuff moving around with a lot of load on it, which you don't really have in a transmission. All right. Well, that makes a lot of sense. All right. Um, why the... You One other question. Mm-hmm. If I keep driving on what rotors, am I eventually going to break something? Probably not, but there is there are limits to everything, Mark. I mean, if you're talking about a little bit of shake when you apply the brake, that's noticeable. Yeah, that's one thing. If you hit the brakes and it just shakes the front end out of your hand, I then mean, yeah, you're going to start wearing oh, no, out. No, you're going to start wearing out parts not, at that not, point. Yeah, it's not that bad. It's just I can tell, you know, there's a slight shake. Yeah. And I can sort of tell, like, as I'm coming to a stop, the brake pressure is not even. Correct. Mm-hmm. what I mean, as, as the wheels rotate. Yes, sir. Kind of tell. It's like everything. It's a matter of degree. 
you know, yeah. there's no hard yeah. and fast rule. It's like you say, a little bit of shake, a little bit of unevenness when you break. You could wait until pads wear out and do it all at one time. It's cheaper to do it that way. If it just takes a uh, hand, you know, just shakes violently, well, then obviously you have to do something about it. Or if it just bothers yeah, you to yeah. beat or, the dickens, you know. You know, some people, Some too, people are extremely picky about that. Yeah, some, some people, aren't. It drives them nuts. Other people don't even notice it. Right. I, I had a guy the other day came in. I said, we're going to play. Why are you playing the rotor? I said, because of the brake shutter. He said, well, I, I never, never noticed the brake shutter. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, he just never noticed it. To me, it was significant. I mean, it, it would have bothered me, but it didn't bother him. Yeah, and after I did, he said, oh, yeah, yeah that's great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's irritating, but I don't want to spend money just for the sake of it. Correct. Right. Well, I mean, what I would probably recommend to you, Mark, is look at the brake pads and see how much material's left. When the pads wear out, go ahead and address the rotors, because on most vehicles, the rotors are right there when you're doing pads. There's no extra labor. Rotors are really not that expensive these days, and it's kind of foolish yeah. not to change them when you're doing the brake pads, because you, you're right there. You don't want to take them off and, and have them turned because you're just you're wasting money at that yeah. point. They're already too thin. Right. right. And you can't turn a warp yeah. out anyway. You can turn a little roughness out, but you can't turn a warp out. They're already too thin. You're making them thinner, and they're the gonna, amount of metal is what, one of the leading things that make them warp. Right. Got you. All right. Great. Well, thanks a lot, guys. Okay, Mark. All right. All right. Thank you, man. Mm, bye-bye. All right. 291-6901 is the number. we got to take a quick little break. John, if you hold on, you'll be straight up after this break. Sir, how did you get in here? I used my grappling hook and climbed in through the window. Well, as long as you have an appointment. Ah, yes, Mr. B. Wing. Uh, why are you stressed about your job? Doc, I live in an area with a high crime rate, and part of my duty is to fight that crime. But lately, it seems like every time I turn around, someone needs my help. It's like this bright light signaling. Bat, what, I mean, B. Wayne, help us. Well, Mr. Rain, there's not much I can do in regard to your crime-fighting dilemma. But if you want some peace of mind, bring your car in once a year to Agco for a general inspection. They'll inspect your vehicle bumper to bumper and let you know where you stand. And these guys are honest? Years ago, they advised me not to fix a minor electrical problem that I could live with because it was too expensive. They sound like good people. Okay, I've got to go. <coughs> I sure wish he would use the door like a normal patient. Get your own peace of mind and schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. Just join us at Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. We sure appreciate you spending your Saturday morning with us. If you got a question or comment, give us a call, 291-6901. And we've got John's been patiently holding. Good morning, John. Good morning, Lewis and Brian. Good yes, morning. How are you guys? Man, oh, doing, doing great. great. I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller from oh, the great state of Tennessee. Well, I've emailed Lewis a few times, and you've always, I appreciate you always answering me, and rather quickly, too, I'm glad. Oh, good I, So I'm having a problem with, i got a 2010 Toyota Camry, mm-hmm. 2.5 liter. Okay. The driver's door, the power door lock, mm-hmm. works intermittently. It, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, you give me any idea what might be going on? Other there? three work fine. Yes, yeah, it, no problem whatsoever. It works with the remote and with the door lock on the door, or is it just one or the other when it acts up? When it acts up, it both. Neither yeah. one will work. Okay, I can tell you, John. I, yeah, almost every time that's going to be what they call a door lock actuator. It's a little motor that turns the mechanisms in the latch to make it lock or unlock. And when they start getting old, they may work sometimes, they may not work sometimes, especially if you use it a couple of times, it may cease to work. Where we usually test those, we'll sit there, if we can't duplicate, just sit there and lock, unlock, lock, unlock, lock, unlock, let it get hot, and then that's when it'll normally act up. 
but that is a relatively common problem. How many miles you got on it? It's uh, right at 100,000. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that normally you can see that around 9, 10 years and 100,000 miles, and not just on Toyotas. We see it on every car out there. Those little motors, just they're very, very small because they have to fit inside the latch. Sometimes you have to buy the whole latch assembly to get motor. Sometimes you can buy just the motor. You'd have to ask Toyota how they sell that particular one. 90% of the time, you have to take the latch out to service it anyway. Yeah, the labor's about the same right. anyway. you got to pull the door panel off, take the latch out, and then it's in there. You take it off or change the whole assembly. But almost every time, if the other three are working, that's what it's going to be. Okay. Yeah, and I end up being the driver's door. That one gets used the most. Oh, yeah, well, absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Well, that's kind of what I thought it might be. I appreciate your all's time. Yeah. And well, if you, can get, if you get it to act up, pull yeah. the door panel off and just take a voltmeter and go across there and see if it's got power and ground going to it and it's not working, then yeah, that, that kind of gives it away. That's the way. But And do I mean, yourself a favor and go to Toyota yeah. and get that part. Don't try to put an aftermarket one I don't, in it. I don't think you can even buy that aftermarket. If you can. If you can, I wouldn't. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, I'm a I'm a OEM guy. There you I go. learned that from, from listening to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Good deal. Wonderful. What part of Tennessee are you from, John? I'm in. Uh, I'm a little town in a little town called Irwin, Tennessee. It's okay. in East Tennessee. I'm about two hours east of Gatlinburg. Yeah, I, was gonna say, I think I've driven through there on my way to Gat because we go to Gatlinburg quite often, and I think I've driven through Irwin before. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard y'all talk about coming to Gatlinburg. So I, knew, <laughs> oh, yeah. I knew you'd know where that was at. Oh <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Has it started to cool down up there yet? Not much. It's Nothing. gonna. It's, Predicted to be about ninety today. Wow! But, uh, wait, I'll wait a couple three weeks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The humidity's dropped a little bit. Uh-huh. We're, on, we're only about seventy five percent today. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. I understand. <laughs> yeah, you guys know all about that heat. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> all right, John. I appreciate you calling, man. Thank you, guys. All, all right, thank one. you. Bye, bye. Bye, bye. All right, going back to the phone lines with Brenda. Good morning, Brenda. Hi. Yes, ma'am. How are you? Doing Good. great. Well, I'm calling about a 2014 SRV. Okay. I've had it about, I don't know, five years now, but mm-hmm. it's got about eighty five to 89,000 miles. And when I start driving it, when I get up to about 30, 35, I get like this little shake in the rear end. It feels like... I don't know exactly where it's at, but I mean, that's what happens. Can, do you have any idea what that? Are you sure it's in the rear end or are you just feeling a little shake? I'm not positive it's in the rear end. It yeah. just feels like that. Well, let me ask you this. If it's just like a, like a shutter, a quick little shutter, sort of like you're running over a cattle guard in the road, like a, drrr, and then it goes away. Kind of like it. Yeah. It's like, yeah. A drrr, yeah. I tell you what I would probably think that is, Brenda, is the transmission goes into what it calls lockup around that mile per hour. And if the fluid gets old in the transmission, the friction modifiers kind of wear out and go away, and you'll start to pick up at, at transmission shutter. The way you can confirm that next time you're driving it, the second that it starts to do it, keep your foot on the gas, exact same speed with the other foot, just touch the brake pedal, and if it immediately goes away, then that's what it's going to be. Now, the okay. first thing you would do is have the transmission serviced, which if you have never had it serviced before, you're about three times past due because that's really best to do those by every 30,000 miles or so. And okay. you, I think you said you're around 80-something now, so it's about time for the third one. And it's very, very simple on that car. It doesn't have a pan and a filter on the outside. What you do is a plug on the bottom of the transmission case. You remove that plug, drain all the fluid out, which will be about three and a half quarts. You have to use Honda transmission fluid, DW1 Honda fluid. You can't go to a parts store and get the fluid. Put the three and a half quarts in, drive it about 10 minutes, come back and do it again. And that's how you service that transmission. Obviously, you can have a shop do it for you also. It's not really expensive, but that will clear it up about 80% of the time. 
Now, okay. if it does not clear it up, then it could be that it's already caused some damage in the transmission, in which case you got to decide how annoying is this. Do I want to just put up with it or whatever? But you definitely need to service that transmission if it hasn't been done before. Okay. Because well, it, I'm not a listener, so I would say we'll try that. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely try that. That service is probably less than $200, even if you go to a dealership. I would probably go to an independent shop myself, but you have to do what's called a double drain and fill. And you don't want what they call a flush. If, if they mention the word flush, then you're in the wrong place. Just say thank you and leave. You okay, want a double, double drain and fill. Double drain yes, and fill. You don't do it just once because the way it works is that when you – run it and turn it off the fluid will run down through the filter which kind of washes the filter out to a certain degree if you drain it immediately you can get a lot of that out and that drain also has a magnet on it so it's going to catch any of the metal particles that back flow from the filter mm-hmm. so you, you clean, clean that magnet then you immediately do it again and that's how you get the majority of stuff out if the shutter's real bad you could even do it three times because it's not that expensive to do so you know the more times you do it the more you're going to get out of it but normally, if you do that and start servicing every 30,000 miles, you probably won't ever have any more trouble with that car. Okay, great. Well, All I right. appreciate it. <laughs> Thank All right. you so much. Yes, you're welcome. Great Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Bye-bye. All right, 291-6901 is the number if you want to be part of the automotive hour. The transmission shutter is one of those things that it had gotten bad at a period of time, and then it kind of got better, uh-huh. and now it's getting Came much, back again. much worse. Yeah, with some of these eight and nine speed transmissions, I know General Motors is having just oh, they a are. world of trouble. I think right. they've revised the fluid three or four times. They they went from what they were using deck six, right, and then they came out with a LV low viscosity fluid, and then that didn't work. And they came out with a mobile fluid, and now I think there's a night you can't use the black bottle. I use the blue bottle, or, or vice versa. Right, right. They're they're trying everything they can with a fluid exchange to to get the shutter to go Different away. Different kind of fluids, and, and I think it's just a design flaw they got. I do too. Uh, um, maybe they'll come out with some kind of uh, a software update or software something. update that keeps from going in lockup quite so much. But right, a lot of these things they used to be when you got to a certain mile per hour, the clutch would lock. But now it can even lock between gear changes. Right, the new six speed is doing that, mm-hmm. and we had several customers come in. They thought they had a, a shimmy at highway speed right. because it was shifting in and out of lockup. Mm-hmm. And when you tell them that, they say, well, what is that? I said, pull it down in fifth gear. Yeah. Well, you pull it down in fifth gear, it won't do it. Right. And that was the way we diagnosed them, sent them back to the dealer because a lot of them were still under warranty. Still under warranty, yeah. Uh, so a lot of the newer cars were uh-huh. that. But yeah, that, that's a problem that I thought they had solved. I remember back in the 90s, that used to be very, 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 like the Ford Crown Vicks oh, yeah. and Grand Marquis. Man, we All used the to time. service those constantly. Even Hondas, we used to do a lot of service on them because that does not have an external filter that you can readily change mm-hmm. and it has so, a filter it's just an internal filter right. and some of them have an external filter but it's not real easy to change it's like a cooler filter uh-huh. and if you don't keep that fluid if i had a honda i'd probably be doing every twenty five thousand. sure because it's just simple to do and, and it's cheap it's cheap i mean any transmission service is going to be cheap compared to, to a, not uh, right a transmission service to a new one or a rebuild well yeah and that's why i always even on my car toyota says you can go a hundred thousand miles there is no way under the sun i'm going a hundred thousand miles on a transmission service. well i mean you can yeah but at a hundred thousand miles just it's th- going to be garbage well yeah i'll just spend six thousand dollars for another transmission there you go it just is not cost effective to me there you go that's much much, much cheaper for me to change that fluid every fifty thousand miles sure that not, way, what's left in there, because I can't ever get 100% of it, but what's left is not 100% depleted. Right. So I got something to work with. I change every 50,000. I'm way, way ahead way of ahead. money wise. Let's see if we can catch another call for all a right. break. We got James online. Good morning, James. Good morning. How you all doing? Doing, doing great, great, sir. I heard you talking about transmission. Yes, sir. Okay. I have a 
2011 GMC 2500, mm-hmm. and I got 574,000 miles on it. Must wow. be a hotshot driver. I never had any problem with my transmission. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. I never had it change. Yeah, James, you're probably a hotshot driver, aren't you? Yeah, I can talk I, to you all before. Well, years. I figured that you can't get that many miles without that. See, you are yeah. driving, you get in that truck, and you're probably going 500 miles before you turn it off. The average yeah. trip is probably three to 500 miles. Which I'm is, on my way back from Jacksonville, Florida right yeah, now. Exactly. Yeah. Those are absolutely ideal conditions. Now, would servicing a transmission buy you some time? Absolutely. Cannot possibly hurt anything. Would probably buy you some time. But it's not going to be as necessary for you as it is for the average guy. The average guy driving in town, the transmission shifts, 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 then it goes back down, da 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 up that. You leave Baton Rouge it and up. heading to Jacksonville, yeah. it shifts to sixth gear, and it probably doesn't shift again to Jacksonville. It's just yes, sitting there turning, and it's at full operating temperature. So that's why you're able to get so many miles out of it. So a lot of the things that we talk about on this show are not going to really apply directly to you because the average person gets in their car and they go four to five miles. You know, they go to the beauty in shop, traffic. they go to church, they go to the store, they go to work, whatever, and they cut it off, and it sits. And it's shifting up and down, up and down, up and down constantly. So it's going to be a different set of circumstances because you got a different driving condition. But all that being said, James, if that were my truck, I would have that transmission service today yeah. or as soon as possible. And, okay. and be yeah. sure That's you get it, get it properly serviced. You don't want an improper service. You do not want a flush. You want somebody who's going to drop the pan, change the filter, change the filter seal, retard the valve body bolts, change the fluid with the proper fluid. New gasket. New gasket and them. put it back together and test drive it before okay. and test drive it after. And if you get that kind of service, they may drop the pan and say, hey, James, come see yeah. You got two gear teeth and a snap ring laying in your pan. It's time. It's time. It's right. You ain't long for it. Well, wouldn't you rather know that right now than halfway back to Jackson with somebody's load on the back yeah. of the truck? Yeah, you're right. So yeah. it's going to tell you, it's going to give you some information. They may say, hey, transmission's perfectly clean inside. Let's go ahead and service it. But at very okay. least, it's going to give you some really good, useful information. At worst, it's going it, to no it's, it's right. make it, it's gonna make it a whole lot better. It's going to buy you some time okay. on it. Okay. Can y'all do that at y'all's shop? Absolutely. Because the diesel y'all don't. Okay. Yeah, we do that all day long. Bring it there. Okay, sounds okay. great. Appreciate it. Thanks. All right, Jeff. All right. Thank you, man. Bye. All right, one more quick little break, but hold on, because we'll be right back with a whole lot more. So lie back on the couch, Ms. Bo Peep, and tell me what's got you stressed. Ugh, my sheep keep getting lost. I mean, they're in the meadow one minute, and I look down at a text, and then I don't know where to find them. And they keep doing it. Let me level with you, Doc. Sheep are not the smartest animals. <laughs> Not you, Denise. You're the exception. Look, Doc, you ever try to have a conversation with a sheep? It's a little one-sided. They just look at you with this blank look on their faces. That and the whole getting lost thing has me at my wit's end. I can't really help you with losing sheep, but I can tell you how to get a little peace of mind. Do like me and take your car into Agco Automotive once a year for a general inspection. They check everything out and perform maintenance on what you need to keep your car running right, and it saves money in the long run. Ooh, with the money I save, I can buy some shock collars to keep those little halfwits in one place. <laughs> Denise, you know I wouldn't do that to you. Get your own peace of mind and schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco. It's the place to go. Welcome back to the Boss Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, Twin Tools will try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Our number is 291-6901. And should you happen to miss your prime opportunity this morning to get your questions answered live, you can always go to our website and have your questions answered that way. The address is agcoauto.com. That is A G C O 
A-U-T-O.com. There is a contact bar on each and every page. You just click the button. A little form is going to pop up. Fill the form out with the correct information and the complaint and send it on in. That's all you got to do. Makes it couldn't be any easier. You know, I had some courses when I was in school in statistics, and a lot of people find statistics boring. I found it fascinating. And one of the things that it taught me is a way of looking at things uh-huh. that's much different than the average person looks at things. And you always hear someone say, well, I went 100, 200, 300, 400,000 sure. miles, and I didn't no problems do at all. this, and I never had a trouble. But you can't count the non-occurrences. What that means is that you were lucky. Mm-hmm. Because let's say you went 500,000 miles without a problem. Well, if you service it, you might have went a million miles. Right. But the, There's no way to know. No way to know that. But the thing is, average person is not going to do that. All you can do is play the odds, and you're always trying to decrease your odds within a cost-effective way. Mm-hmm. There's, I'm not going to spend $5,000 to service my transmission to cut my odds by 50%. That wouldn't make sense. Right. But if I can spend $200 to service my transmission, $6,000 transmission, and I can cut the odds in half, then that's it's logical. worth doing. It's sort of like people, you know, when you start talking about, well, smoking causes this disease, this disease, this disease. Somebody will always mention their old uncle or their old aunt who lived forever smoked and smoked three yeah. packs of cigarettes a day for 75 years. God bless them. They got lucky. Right. But if you look at 100,000 people who smoke three packs a day and 100,000 people who did not smoke, you will see a distinct a, pattern there. Sure. It's the same exact thing with vehicle maintenance. If you look at 100,000 people who do maintenance and 100,000 who don't, you're going to see a distinct difference in the amount of money they spend on the car, right? the breakdowns and all that. And, again, servicing a transmission does not mean it's not going to fail, that it's not going to break. Right. You're servicing the trans to keep the fluid fresh in it, which is going to cut down on the fluid-related. It's going to cut down lubrication-related problems. Now, if a solenoid burns out, that's an electrical problem. That's just no way. Yeah, right. It's not going to prevent that. Right. If a gear physically breaks, say the gear was not hardened enough when the truck was manufactured, the vehicle was manufactured, if the reaction shell, the spin wheel, wasn't done properly Uh and it breaks, there's the no way to, service cannot help that. Right. The only thing it might do is if you have it done fairly frequently, you may see signs that it's fixing to occur, prevent a breakdown sure. by having it addressed before it happens. And you know, you mentioned a breakdown. And if you're in town around where you live, around where you're comfortable and you have mm-hmm. a breakdown, that's one thing. Yeah. But you get out on the road like the last caller we were talking to. Right. He drives back and forth to who knows where. Well, yeah, he's He all... gets broke down on the side of the road with a load. Well, and the thing is, people are paying him good money, I assume, to hotshot this stuff. Sure, they need it going. now. They need it right now. Exactly. And they don't want to hear, hey, I'm broke down the side of the road with my transmission out. That's not a viable excuse to them. At no. the very least, they're not ever going to call you again. Might even involve you in a lawsuit. Who, who knows? knows? <laughs> because they expect what they paid for. They right. paid for hotshot service. So... When you service that transmission and you drop that pan, you can see the telltale signs. Sure. You take hey, the filter and cut it open and open the element, and you it catches yeah, almost it, everything. It's, all, it's like doing an autopsy and cutting the kidneys open. There you go. I mean, you, you, know you know what's there. Yeah, you know what's there or cutting the liver open. But, you know, I say, hey, Brian, you got a handful of metal particles in this filter. This is not normal. Something is rubbing, grinding inside your transmission. Right. So now's the time. You might elect, okay, well, I'm going to have that fixed right now before it breaks down. Uh-huh. Rather than be on the side of the road somewhere where somebody's loading the back of my truck and I can't get it to them. Exactly. So, yeah, there's a number of other factors in there that you don't really consider. It can cut your odds of a problem, but it can also give you some some warning. forewarning there. Let's go back to the phone lines with Victor. Good morning, Victor. Hey, good morning, Lewis. How you doing, sir? Doing great, sir. 
Yeah, I have a question this morning. I got 2011 Hyundai Santa Fe. I love the vehicle, but I've been having issues with the sunroof lately. And okay. I did a reset procedure, and somehow it still leaks a little bit in the sunroof. So I don't know what's going on. Does it need to be replaced or something else? I, normally, just, I can't find anybody. Yeah, normally not replaced, Victor. But a lot of times what will happen, it's what, 2011, so it's eight years old. Particularly if you ever park around trees and stuff, is that that debris will get on the sunroof, and when you open it, it'll get down the tracks, and it'll find its way into the drains. The way a sunroof works, because rain can get into it, it's not sealed to the roof. Instead, what happens, it's got two little tracks that run the whole length of the sunroof, and they're across front and the back, and they have two hoses attached to them, which run down the A-pills, or four hoses, on some vehicles, that run down those A-pills, and when water gets in, it drains it off. Now, what happens is if, let's say, some debris gets in there and plugs one or more of those hoses, in a hard rain, it may overflow and the water's coming inside. So Correct. the fix in that case is to take out whatever you have to to get to it. I've already done that. Mm-hmm. I cleaned both drains with the little brush mm-hmm. all the way through, and they're both draining properly. Okay, well, if I, that's the case, then you probably you got either it. a hose is off. You want a hose, and there's a way that works is you've got a nipple off the bottom of that tray with a hose plugged onto it. That hose may be cracked or unplugged somewhere down inside of there, or you may have a crack inside that tray somewhere to where the water's leaking out of it, or something's jamming up and cocking it out of level. But anytime you have a roof, that's going to be the situation. Some of them, you can drop the headliner down and get to them. Some of them are even harder than that. So it's not going to be a real cheap thing to do unless it's just the vent hoses. If that hose has come off, some of those, again, you have to take the sunroof the out to get to it. Or the headline right. out to get to it to put yeah, it back but on. Yeah, it's got to be that the something's going on because, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, I reset it, and when it's a light rain, it's not an issue. Right. It's a heavy rain. But the thing is, it's not just in the corners of the sunroof. Right. It's almost the whole front of it. Yeah, it sounds like it's overflowing. And, and what's happening, either it's not draining fully or it's not draining in the right place because of the and light, the light rain. And it could be to it? Yeah, it could damage be. Yeah. to the sunroof? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely could be. But again, yeah, if nothing's gotten in there, you hadn't caught anything and it hadn't jammed up, that's probably less likely, although it's still possible. But well, generally, when anything. So I don't know if somebody right. did something yeah, to it. Could be. Could, could so very well I be. I just don't know. Normally, what about when you a get smoke test? No, no, you don't need anything like that. It's just going to be a physical inspection. There's nothing sealed on the system, so there's no way to smoke it. Okay. It's just wow, be a matter of pulling the headliner up. Yeah, pull the headliner out and you can be able to see what it is. Normally, when you got something broken or cracky, you can start jamming up. You know, it's not going to traverse back and forth smoothly it's gonna jam no no it travels back and forth mm-hmm. it closes fine yeah. but it, there's just something between well you might check the frame too. of the body well and you the might check too victor sunroof. make sure that it doesn't have four hoses on that one because some of them have two in the front some of them have four and if two of them in the back are plugged up the front ones may not be able to control it in a heavy rain mm, man, man that's just frustrating because the vehicle i bought it using it's 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 almost brand new even when i purchased it you can still smell it brand new mm-hmm. and the gentleman who had it but I don't know what's going on, yeah. and I, I hate to get rid of it just well, because of that well, issue. Well, can't be fixed. You might find you an interior shop, yeah. somebody that deals in, in sunroofs, and have them look at it. Yeah. I mean, probably mm. wouldn't cost that much to have them look at it. And so. Right. Yeah, well, I, I went somewhere, and the guy looked like he was completely lost. Well, go yeah, somewhere you, Yeah, you're in the wrong place. Yeah, where, where are you calling <laughs> yeah. from, Victor? I'm calling from Tampa, Florida. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know anybody in Tampa. I was going to say, we do that kind of work here. I'd be glad to look at it for you from the Baton Rouge area. But you just got to find the right guy. Sometimes you might check with a body shop instead of a mechanical shop 
because it kind of skirts between body work and mechanical work. Anybody who does the interior work, so we remove a lot of dashes and stuff for air conditioning problems. So we're in used to working inside of a car. Interior work is no big deal to us. So yeah. a sunroof is just like an extension of that. But yeah. uh, I guarantee it's, you got to find somebody around here. I'll be honest with you. I've done. I always listen to you because you have good ideas mm-hmm. and you're very intelligent mm-hmm. and you have you have a step by step system. You go well, around you. here and you just oh I think it's this I think it's that. Well, let me take all this apart. Well, wait right. a minute, hold on. How much is this going to cost? That's right. Do That's you exactly know what you're right. doing. And you know, go on my website, Victor, on the front first page, how to find a good shop. Click on that article and read through it, and that'll give you some because there's somebody there that can fix yeah. it. You just got to find him. It just takes some effort to find the right, right. guy. I guarantee you yeah. somebody can do it. Well, if there is. I'd give a million dollars if it was around here who knew what they were doing. I understand. <laughs> All right, Lewis. I love your show. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Victor. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye. Uh-huh. All right, we're going to take our final little break, and we'll be right back with more on the Automotive Hour. Hello, you must be Glenda de Goodrich. Uh, relax on the couch and tell me what's stressing you out. Do you know how stressful it is to be good all the time? I don't want to be wicked, but sometimes I'd just like to not say thank you or pinch a bratty kid or stick my finger in a chocolate, and if I don't like the flavor, put it back in the box. Oh, that would be divine. Unfortunately, Glenda, I can't assist you with your goodness issues, but... But for peace of mind, schedule an annual general inspection with Agco Automotive. They'll check out your vehicle, perform needed maintenance, and let you know about future repairs. Sad ways, there are no surprises. Well, you definitely want your automotive repair shop to be good and not wicked. A young girl once told me there's no place like home. And I've got to go. Just bill me. I'll be somewhere over the rainbow. Toodaloo! That little witch might not be so good after all. Get your own peace of mind and schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm Louis Aldazan, president of Agco Automotive. Got our lead tech, Mr. Brian Terry, right here by my side. Adrian Tools will try to answer any questions you may have. Still got a few minutes. Give us a call, 291-6901. If you're not in the calling area. There you go. <laughs> you can always use the area code here in Baton Rouge, which is 225, and reach us from anywhere inside the continental United States. There you go. And we've had several out-of-state calls. We have. Before, so that obviously is working. It works. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking a little bit about the, the transmission service. Uh-huh. And I think we kind of made the point there that the reason you do that, or basically any kind of maintenance, is because it's simply cheaper to do that than not to do it. Right. You do it to save money. You're not doing it because it's the right thing. You're not doing it to impress your neighbors. You're not doing it to make the mechanic happy. You're doing it because it is less expensive to do it than not to do it. Right. Because if you have a breakdown, that the money you save not doing the services is hardly ever going to take care of saved money for a breakdown. I don't see where you're ever going to save enough money by not doing the maintenance to pay for even one repair. Right. And I was talking about the same thing to a gentleman in the store the other day, and he was talking about buying, I'm going to call it off-brand gas. It's, okay. it's the non, it's not like the Exxon, Mobil, Shell, the, right. the private label fuels. And I said, well, I don't really recommend that because I don't know what's in it. Generally, it's going to be like rack gas with the federally mandated minimum of detergents and stuff. And that's it. And the only thing I can say is every time anyone's ever come in to the shop with any kind of major fuel system problem, and you ask them where they buy the gas. Right, that's it's, what they're it's buying. It's always one of those. I've never had anybody come in and say, well, I buy ExxonMobil, uh-huh. or I buy Shell, or I buy Texaco, and have a major fuel system problem. Not ever. Right. Now, I know that's not a scientific method, but it's just what I'm going by. 
but you're never going to save enough money to pay for even one fuel system repair. Well, I mean, and how much are you actually saving? Not much. You know, a dollar a tank or something? I mean, I'm at willing, most, I'm willing, most. I'm willing probably, to spend probably, that extra dollar. Probably a get, lot less than that. People spend a whole lot more money than that on extended warranties. Oh, sure. That'll do absolutely no good. Exactly. Let's see. We got Perry oh, online. Okay. Good morning, Perry. Oh, good morning, man. Good morning. How y'all doing today? Doing great. Great. Too. Look, I want to ask y'all about these uh, cold air kits. Uh-huh. Do they really do any good to help no. you save gas? No, they won't save any gas at all, Perry. They, the way a air induction system works on a car, you have a part called a mass airflow meter that measures the amount of air. The computer automatically adds the amount of fuel to the air. So you, you can't possibly increase mileage. It's all regulated through the computer. That's like people will say, well, change your air filter and get better gas mileage. Absolutely cannot happen. In fact, if anything, a plugged-up air filter will get you slight better gas mileage because it's going to restrict air and you're going you to lose power. I'm not advocating a stopped-up air filter. Yeah. But the only thing that can do is, number one, it may give you a slight increase in power, but it's going to be very slight, and it's going to be at the expense of a number of things. Number one, if you run down a road with some water on it, they're not shielded nearly as good as the factory system. Number two, mm-hmm. if the engine happens to backfire, they're not fire-protected nearly as good as the factory systems. Uh, number three, when you get tired of all the noise and all that they produce and the fact that you didn't do anything they said they were going to do and you get ready to go back to the other one, if you're throwing away that stuff, you can find out what all that factory induction system costs. It's obscenely expensive. So if you just got to do it, save all the old stuff. Because so many people go in there, put that on, and throw away all the old stuff. Then they find out it doesn't work or they run down a flooded road and take the engine out. Well, now they're ready to put it back. And they find out what all that stuff costs, and it's, it's obscenely expensive to replace. So well, me personally, I would never, I'd never use it. I never, ever, ever put one on my truck. Yeah, that's why I was wondering if it's controlled by a computer. How it does, is. You know, how would the computer take in the, the well, fact that you put something else on it? You know, Dodge spends millions, if not billions of dollars, to get that fuel mileage the absolute best it can possibly be through every possible means from cutting weight down to using aluminum components to, to streamline. down aerodynamics. I mean, they have spent... Yeah. If there was an air induction so they could put on there and get what they claim they get, why wouldn't they do it? Yeah. I was just wondering because my 5.7 Hemi don't mm-hmm. get near the gas mileage they claimed it did. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I tell you, and I know you're not going to hear this, but the biggest contributor to fuel mileage is driving style. And if you get into yeah. it a little bit, that mileage is going to drop drastically because it's going to learn the way yeah. you drive. And, well, I used to do that when I was younger, but mm-hmm. uh, now I'm just trying to save gas. Yeah, yeah. And i tell you what, go on my website and just type in fuel mileage or something like that. And I got several yeah. articles in there about what you can do and what you can't do. But most very little the, on my yeah, website, agcoauto.com. Okay. But, but for most of my daily driving, mm-hmm. uh, that eight-speed transmission don't yep. never get to the eighth gear. Yeah. I'm going. All right, town. During the week, I'm retired. Oh, yeah. So it, it never gets to high gear. Yep. You're right. <laughs> And I asked him about if you could electronically make it shift faster. And well, you probably could, but it's well, hard to warrant. Well, you can so. you can do it very easily by just letting off that gas and driving that's real I, easy, and it's going to learn. It's going to learn the way you drive. Yeah, that's what I try to. And it will start shifting uh, a lot sooner. But you get in there one time off. and put it on the floor, and it learns that, and then it's going to shift long every time. Yeah. You know. I started just trying to take off a little faster and then just let go of the accelerator mm-hmm. the way it gets back on that vacuum mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there's no vacuum on it, man. It's 100% oh. computer-controlled. Yep. Oh, okay. It doesn't even have a vacuum on go. it. Yep. There you go. I'm looking at that gauge thing. It used to be like an old vacuum. Yeah, just let off of it. Coast when you can. I mean, you can get that yeah. mileage up by yeah. three or four miles a gallon pretty yeah. easy by driving style. Okay, well, that answers my question. I'm going to save me about 200 bucks. There, there you go. go. <laughs> well, and maybe an engine next time it rains real hard. Oh, it is. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks a lot. All right, Perry. All right. Thanks, man. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
All right, I think we got time for one more call. We got Ray online. Good morning, Ray. Hey, how y'all doing? Doing, doing great. great. Look, I have a question concerning uh, transmission fluid. I have a 2008 Toyota Camry. Yes, sir. And I, I have 52,000 miles on the car. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I like to maintain the transmission and keep up with yes, it. Yes, sir. You know? mm-hmm. And I, my question is on the fluid itself. Mm-hmm. Can I use not a Toyota all that? Yeah, I, has you know my question. I get that, I get that a lot. Why in the world would you want to? Because the Toyota fluid is not any more expensive than other stuff. It is the exact right fluid for the car. There's no reason. I mean, we buy Toyota fluid from a Toyota dealer, buy the case, sometimes about a 55 gallon drum, and that is all we will use. The reason I do that is because I know okay. it's the right fluid. There's right. no other fluid out there that's going to be exactly the same as that one is, and it's just not not any more expensive than the other stuff is. You just got to make sure you use the right Toyota fluid yeah, because now, between the units, they have different fluids. See, in 08, they were changing up. Some of them used T4 and some of them used WS. Right. And you got to put the right one back in. It'll say on the dipstick normally which one it calls for. I see. So that would be your recommendation is by go back means. to the dealership and buy their oil. Yes, sir. That's what we do. Or buy the Toyota oil whether, yeah. wherever you can get it. Yeah, I mean, we go through probably 20 cases a month, Yeah, and we buy from Toyota. I mean, it's just not yeah. any more expensive than the other stuff you can get. You know it's right. Well, uh, let me, I got one more quick go question. On a car that I have 110,000 miles on it, mm-hmm. the transmission fluid's never been changed. Yes, do sir. you recommend changing it? Absolutely. Correctly. Correctly, properly yeah. serviced. Don't right. let somebody go in there and do a flush, and don't let somebody go in yeah. and service it wrong. But a proper service can absolutely never hurt the car. It can buy you some time on it. I would like to have done it at 55,000 miles or 50,000 miles instead of 110, but it's kind of like, hey, I hadn't brushed my teeth in the last six months, so I ain't never going to brush them again. Okay, so you, you don't recommend flushing the transmission? Absolutely right? no, not. Absolutely. Not waste that. of time. Does not do any good and, and may can cause damage problems. the transmission. Okay. You want to drop the pan, uh, replace the filter, torque the valve body bolts, new gasket, proper fluid. All right, bud. I appreciate right. your time. Okay, All right, sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. I see we're getting close to the just about out of time, huh? End of the show. Got, <laughs> got about a minute and a half there. But, you know, that was one of the old questions we used to get all the time. Well, I haven't tra- serviced my transmission in 100,000 miles. They tell me never service it. Mm-hmm. I said, well, it's like I hadn't brushed my teeth in six months, so I ain't going to never brush them again. <laughs> no, that makes no sense. It's not ever going to hurt you. Uh-huh. It'd be better if you to brush them all along. Well, of course. Better if you service transmission regularly. But it's never too late to go ahead and adopt a proper regimen and start doing this properly. Well, and at, at this point, you can when you drop the pan, you can actually see if there's anything yeah. in it that needs well, if you drop a pan with a bunch of, bunch of metal in the pan and a half of an O-ring in there, then you know, you know either I'm going to go sell the car or I'm going to... Right. We're either trade it in or we're yeah, going to whatever, because I, I don't want to go any further with that. I see we're just about out of time. Tell everybody how much we appreciate them listening this morning and every Saturday morning on the Automotive Hour. I'd like to thank all our podcasters for listening this week and every week. Go to your favorite broadcast or rebroadcast service, whichever that might be. Find a written view and fill it out for us, please. Hey, go written review will move us up in the ranking so we can get more listeners. And also, we appreciate your calls. So we do. Give us a call next time you're listening. There you go. A <laughs> <laughs> hey, preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.